Uh, so today, if you saw my, my title, I called or I named this broadcast, um, Are Religious Exemptions Biblical? And I, I was referring in the sense to for vaccines, specifically uh, COVID vaccines. Because, I, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, of talk about, you know, getting religious exemptions and, and, and it's something that, um, you know, I guess wasn't really much of a, a, an issue before, but now it's become an issue. And so I felt the need to address it because an article came across my desk the other day. And when, when, an art, when something comes across my desk that gets my attention, I, I, I have to, and it like it doesn't get out of my head, I have to cover it. I have to talk about it. I have to address it. It's super short. It's like a minute. So it's not really an article, more like a little um, blurb, I guess you could say. And it's from a pastor. Um, and I don't, I've never heard of this pastor, so I don't, you know, I don't know what church he's from and it doesn't really matter. Um, so the title, so I'm going to read it, and I'm probably going to stop as I'm reading it to, to address, um, address certain things. Actually, I forgot, before I read it, I didn't forget, but I, I have it in my notes here. Before I read it, I want to read a scripture to start. Romans chapter 14, starting at verse 13. Is this church open? I actually don't know if this church is open. I assume that it is. I do not recommend it. <laughs> Yes, brace yourself, Jill. <laughs> uh, I love you guys. Okay, but first, let's get to the word. Romans 13, sorry, not Romans, man, I have Romans 13 in my head. I don't know why. Romans 14, Romans 14, verse 13. There are other chapters in Romans, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Woo. Yeah, you guys are the best, I'm telling you. Romans 14, verse 13. There, actually, verse, let's start at verse 12. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Let, therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. As one who is in the Lord Jesus, I am fully convinced that no food is unclean in, its, in of itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for him, it is unclean. Verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. Verse 19. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. So I read that scripture and I'm going to go back to it. Um, I'm going to go back to it, but I'm going to read the article. Okay. So the title of the article is, what does your faith exempt you from? It's a good title. So this, this is a pastor that, again, I don't, I don't know what church, I probably should have, uh, Mel, if you're, um, I know, <laughs> Mel, if you could look up which church this pastor goes to. Or, or, or if his church is open, if you can, I would love to know because you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so here, here, here we go. Religious, religious exemption is a term I have heard more in the past three months than the rest of my life combined. Recently, I was asked, no, not Emmanuel. <laughs> it's, I, I'm pretty sure he's American because the person who shared this is American. So I'm going to assume it's, a, it's an American church. Recently, I was asked if Christians should be able to claim religious exemption when public health is in jeopardy. Okay, I got to stop there. It's not Joel Osteen, no. So he says, see, he's already, okay, you have to understand the tone of this. Because the tone of this, he's, listen, he has already made up his mind. And so the way that he's speaking in this, the way that he's writing is coming from a place of a person who has already made up their mind, who has already, yeah, ex Anthony, thank you. Ex exactly. You can hear the bias because it's a, from a, a, a place of predetermined, this is what I've come up with. So everything that I'm saying is because I've already decided. 
Um, so he's saying when public health is, is in jeopardy. Again, he's probably from America. So let's talk about our pub public health. Do you want to know what's happening in our public health? Do you know the announcement <laughs> uh, that our, our government made last week? What to do about the problem of the staff shortages in hospitals? Because there's like, I think like uh, uh, we're missing like 4,000 nurses or something like that. And, and overall, I think like 10 to 12,000 workers overall. But specifically, they were talking about the nurses. And so our government said, we're going to have a bonus program to try and bring these nurses that are either retired or, or they're working part-time to, to come, I agree, Mark, to come back, you know, either to come back full-time, um, you know, and so there's going to be a bonus program for them. So it's going to be ranging anywhere from twelve to eighteen thousand dollars. Okay. He, and it, you know what? When I I first heard it, and I thought, oh, that that sounds like a lot of money. And then I started to read the feedback from the actual nurses and the actual healthcare workers. And the first, you know, um, <laughs> it, it's basically a slap in the face because this bonus. Let's say. Um, let's say that you, 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 you're retired and you're getting a great pension and you're like, okay, I'm going to go back and I'm going to go back to work in the hospitals for a $15,000 bonus. First of all, the tax that you're going to be paying on that, what is it? Maybe 30, 40%. It's, it's going to be taxed and it's a one-time bonus. So, so, you know, you're, you're going to get that money, pay most of it in tax and then have to go back to the same terrible working conditions the same terrible hours too too many hours not enough people to cover the hours but you get a, a, a small bonus and, and it and it's just for the nurses um it's just for the nurses and then the rest of the the uh the healthcare workers they're like they're, they're mad they're like where's our bonus you know so so public health is in so much jeopardy that this is what they've come up with which really, I'm sorry, does absolutely nothing. It does nothing. Nobody, I can't even find one. Like I didn't see anybody that was like, oh, that's a, that's a great, that's a great idea. That's going to help things. And then on top of that, let's not forget what's happening on October 15th that they're going to, to fire. And by the way, the threat of, 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 okay, fine. Suspend the threat of suspending these healthcare workers. It didn't work. It didn't work because they didn't go get vaccinated. So they're gonna, they're, 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 the hospital system is bleeding. They're desperate for workers, desperate. And they're just gonna let a bunch go. Yes, they forced nurses to retire in the late 90s. A lot of stuff happened in the late 90s, none of which has been fixed. We gave, <laughs> you asked, they asked for two weeks. They said, give us two weeks so that we can improve hospital capacity. It's been, it's been like a year and a, uh, a year and what? Six months, eight months. And hospital capacity is worse than it's ever been. Give us two weeks, they said. <laughs> oh, Mel's on. Happy birthday, Mel. I gave you a shout out before, but now I see your name. So <sighs> thank you, Mel, other Mel, for providing me with that information from Washington, a Lutheran pastor from Washington. So they asked for two weeks. We've given them nearly two years. And now it's our fault. In a public health emergency, you're going to let go um, Exactly. Yeah, Mel. Exactly. That's what I said. The threat. The threat didn't work. It did not work. Because they're. they're <laughs> oh boy. Hi, Melina from Florida. Maria from Florida. Welcome. I love Florida. I used to go there on vacation when I was a kid all the time. So, <laughs> you know, and that's so. Again, this this pastor with his public health emergency. Oh, it's it's quite. It's quite an emergency. It's quite an emergency. Okay, let's keep... I, I barely got through... <laughs> I got through like two sentences. Okay, let's keep reading. Their question made me ask myself, what does my faith in Jesus Christ exempt me from? 
Below is a partial list of what came to mind. My faith in Jesus Christ exempts me from putting my wants above the needs of others. Okay. Anthony, I think it's a scare tactic because they are so desperate for workers. I just don't, I don't see how they could do it. Yeah. Yeah, I could imagine, I could imagine. Wow. That's good to know, Mel. Mel, who is a nurse and who knows what's going on. Wow. So they're going to, so they're going to get rid of them. They're going to get rid of them in a, in a public health emergency, according to uh, this pastor, of course. Oh boy. Okay. And he puts a scripture. He puts a scripture. He puts Philippians chapter two, uh, verse three and four. Wow. I, I, I mean, I, I just, it's just, it's just stunning to me. It's just stunning to me that they're, they literally are actually going to, to get rid of these healthcare workers. You know, I remember, remember guys, I, I told you about that great book that I have. Love it. It's like, it's like this old book that used to belong to my grandfather called Great Disasters. And it talks about like everything that's happened um, over time. And it talks a lot about different um, plagues that have come. And if you read about these plagues and these pandemics, I can guarantee you that they never, ever would have willingly let go of healthcare workers in a pandemic when there's already a shortage. Okay, let's read the scripture that, that this pastor put. Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Do nothing out of, out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Okay, so he says that according to that scripture, um, okay, well, first of all, let me, let, me let me talk about that scripture. This is what the, the, um, yeah, you're right, Mark. Oh, by the way, can I just, 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 um, on Mark's point, you know, I just read, there was a, a an old folks home in, in Montreal that, and by the way, everybody in those places are, are all the, um, <laughs> Sheba, <laughs> you kill me. Um, all of the uh, uh, the residents are all fully vaccinated, but there was a COVID outbreak there, and some of them passed away. So this vaccine, listen, I, I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> oh man, this is it's it's a lot. It's a lot. This is a heavy, heavy thing. Um. It's not, it's not up to me. <laughs> okay, let, okay, let me, or, you know what, wow, this is, let me read the note attached to this, um, this scripture in Philippians. So this is what the scripture means. Never oppose each other by acting for personal gain or vanity. Have a humble view of yourself, knowing your secret faults. Do not glorify your own gifts. Be just as interested in the blessings of others and rejoice to see them blessed. That's what that scripture means. Now, to this pastor, that scripture means something different. To this pastor, he's basically saying that according to that scripture, um, I, you know, if I if I claim a religious exemption, then I'm going against that scripture. Now, that's not what the scripture means, um, but to him it means that. And, you know, we, we, we do know that, that when it comes to the scripture, you know, you have to allow the spirit to, um, to speak to you about what, what the scripture is saying. Not to him. This is what spoke to him. I don't know if actually what happened is that he made up his mind and then looked for scriptures that would support his made up mind. I don't know because I didn't speak to him. Let's keep reading. 
the next point. So he, so these are, by the way, if, if you're just joining, this is, um, he's saying, what does my, my faith in Jesus exempts me from the following. So this is number two, claiming my freedom in Christ as liberty to act without responsibility. You know, I just, I'm sorry, I have to stop there. I'm, I, I might, I don't know. I, I mean, we'll see if I even get through this whole thing. Cause I, I, listen, do you know, <laughs> I have a niece who's two years old. She's two. She lives in Australia. Now, if you know anything about what's going on in Australia, do, do you know, do you know what I would do? If I lived in Australia, I would take a personal responsibility for my niece that she doesn't have to grow up in a world where the police can come to your door, knock on your door and say, have you been thinking about attending a protest? That's what they're doing there. Dragging old women down on the street and spraying them with pepper spray. That's what they're doing. Do you know what, you know what responsibility is to me? It's taking care of people that take, can't take care of themselves. It's looking at my two-year-old niece and saying, her life has barely started. And this is the world that she's growing up in. And so, and so I, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here and be like, well, um, you know, I, I it's going to be like, well, well, um, I, I just got to do, I just got to do what the government says. Of course, it's easy for me. I'm, I'm 38 years old. I, I already went through, you know, uh, I went through school and I went to college. My nephew is 12. One of my nephews is 12. He's just getting started. I, I, I'm sorry, but I have no interest in him growing up in this disgusting society that, that we've ended up in. But what could I do instead, according to this pastor? Shut up. Do what you're told. Who cares about the kids? Who cares about the kids, right? This is a scripture that he used for that point. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, I've heard that a lot. Do you know what loving your neighbor means to me? Fighting for them. Fighting for your children. Fighting for the next generation. That's what loving your neighbor means to me. Looking at this world and saying, well, somebody like me, I work from home. I'm not going to get fired. But there's a lot of people that are going to lose their job. So it's easy for me to say, well, oh, they're on their own. No, I don't operate that way. Loving your neighbor to me means I have to look out for people. I have to take care of people. I know what's coming down the pipe. Read my latest article. I know what's coming down the pipe. I have no interest in seeing my nieces, my niece and my nephews growing up in a world like that or anybody else's kid. Oh, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Okay. Let me read the note attached to that scripture in Galatians. So th this is the note. You have been called to total freedom from the law. But do not let this cause you to think you have no responsibility to live right. Don't think you could live in sin just because you aren't bound to the law. You still have to live righteously. Okay, basically, this scripture is talking about uh, um, the law, you know, the, the law that the Jewish people were following. So, so just think of all the, um, the different things, you know, the dietary laws that they had to follow. Uh, um, uh, you know, you couldn't, all of their things, you know, they had, they had, a, they had read, read the laws in like Leviticus and those kind of books. There was a ton of stuff they have, they had to follow. When Jesus came, he was the fulfillment of the law that we're no longer bound to have to do all those things because, uh, um, they did those things to achieve, uh, 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 achieve righteousness in the sight of God. But thanks to Jesus coming, 
He died on the cross. When that veil was torn in two, we now are no longer bound to the curse of the law. You know, but but what was happening in, in this scripture, in this church of, of Galatians, was that there were people that still felt that they they needed to obey those laws. One in particular, because this pastor only read part of the chapter. Let's read Galatians. So he, he, he was in Galatians chapter 5. He started at verse uh, 13. I'm going to start at verse 11. Because you can't pull scripture out of the Bible because it sounds good with zero uh, care for everything else that's around it. Galatians chapter 5 verse 11. Brothers, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. And then verse 13, you, my brothers, were called to be free. If you read from verse 11, you'd be saying, what is this pastor talking about? I thought we were talking about vaccines. Paul is talking about circumcision. Because circumcision was something, it's not really an issue anymore, at least I don't think. <laughs> but it was an issue. Because a lot of Jewish people felt and then the Gentiles didn't know what was going on because they're like, should we be circumcised? You know, we never were. And some Jewish people were telling them, yeah, you, if you want to be saved, you have to be circumcised. But that was, that was part of following the law. When Jesus came, he took that away. That shedding of blood uh, uh, overtook the need for shedding of, of blood through circumcision. There's a, it's a different covenant. But... There was, there was a lot of people who, who still felt, no, we need to be circumcised. And they were pushing that on other people. And so Paul was saying, just because, you know, um, and he was basically saying, to you, you don't need to be circumcised, but some people do. But then you can't push it on other people. Remember what I read in Romans, it's, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not a matter of, of well, you know, we're not allowed to eat a... Um, um, what are they not? Bacon? Is it, I don't know, pork, shellfish, whatever. It's not a matter of that. And it's certainly not a matter of, of, of circumcision. <laughs> but this pastor decided that to him, that scripture means take a vaccine because, what, I don't know. That, that's, the, Okay. Here's, here's more about what those scripture means. Don't let your newfound freedom from the law cause division among the brethren. Some still held to, the follow, to following the letter of the law. Don't flaunt your freedom. So, so again, it's like he's telling people, listen, for you, you're not gonna, you don't want to be circumcised. That's fine. But the, these people want to be. So don't force them not to be. Don't force them to be. You know, and, and again, and another part, continuing, grace doesn't mean that you could sin because there was a lot of people that were teaching, hey, we're set free. You know, we, we don't have to, we could do whatever we want. We're covered, we're covered by Jesus. We're covered by grace. We don't have to, we don't have to worry about, about, about uh, whether we sin or don't sin. Boy, I think some churches still, uh, still follow that, <laughs> you know, but that, that's, these are the things that was happening. But to this pastor, it means take, take a vaccine. And here's point three that he makes. My faith in Jesus Christ exempts me from refusing to protect the most vulnerable in our midst. And he reads Matthew chapter 25, verse 40. Truly, I tell you, Whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Interesting scripture. It's a scripture of a lot of debate. What was Jesus talking about? I've always believed, and in, in all the, the research that I've done, the note attached to, the, to this verse says this. God will curse or bless according to how men have dealt with Israel. He will forever respect and fulfill the Abrahamic covenant. 
These brothers and sisters of mine refer to the fleshly brothers and sisters of Jesus, the Jews. So, here's the thing. When you're reading scripture, and I, I'm, um, you know, I'm teaching, I'm going to be teaching a class at GNU, which is basically the class is about how to interpret scripture. It's super interesting. You should, you should all, you should join GNU just to take, the, take all the classes. But, but that one's a, it's going to be a great one because there's a lot of times where, you know, you'll read these different scriptures and you'll think to yourself, well, how can I apply them to me today? And you're going to have people like this pastor who really wants to make a particular point. And so he's going to take these verses and um, he's going to use them to prove his point. Now, if he sincerely believes that for his faith, that's what these scriptures mean, then that's okay. Like I'm not going to, I can't judge him for that. If, if the spirit, if literally it's completely sincerely, the spirit is speaking to him and telling him, look at these scriptures. You need to take the vaccine. Don't, don't even think about an, an, an exemption. If he's, if he really believes that, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not in his mind. I'm not in his spirit. You know, but. Oh man, Jill, I, poor guy. I'd just be yelling the whole time. He wouldn't even get a word in. You know, it's funny because the way that you see some churches and, and churches and Christians be so convinced about, about these vaccines and medicine is the best way. You know what it used to be? They used to be convinced that the blood of Jesus was the best way. That's how they used to be convinced. It's very different now. Let's keep reading. I'm almost finished the article. Therefore, my religious exemption requires that I receive the COVID vaccination to safeguard life and wear a mask to care for my neighbor. Oh, he throws a mask in. Claiming the Christian faith is no justification to refuse these measures. By invoking the name of Jesus to claim exemption, you are using the Lord's name in vain and therefore are sinning. You may have your own political or personal reasons not to do so, but please stop claiming your faith in Jesus Christ as justification. Do you know what I find super interesting about this article? He is using his faith as a justification to wear a mask and get a vaccine and then telling me to not use my faith as a justification to not get a vaccine. Do you realize what's happening? Did you catch that? He is using his faith. He's using Jesus. He's using scripture as a reason, as a justification for why he thinks People should follow the measures telling us don't use your faith. Don't use your faith. Don't use your, you're right. Thank you, Steph. Steph you, you're right. You said it. You know, he obviously, his faith is, is much smarter than mine, I guess. You know. And by the way, that brings me to something. Listen, and I, I've, re I've written an article about this. If you want the vaccine, you, it's your choice. I want to have a choice and I want you to have a choice. Everybody has, you know, everybody has their reason. They, I'm not going to, that might, that might not even be a popular opinion, but that's how I feel. I'm not going to tell you, you know, you have to decide once all the, 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 the information is presented to you and you can make an informed decision, you make your decision. My issue is not with that. My issue is forcing it. That's my issue. Forcing people to take a vaccine, even if it's against their conscience. And then this pastor has the nerve 
to say, don't use your faith for it, but I'm going to use my faith for it. Okay. I don't know, you know, and the loving your neighbor thing. Loving your, you know what loving your neighbor is not to me? Loving your neighbor is not bowing down to the government every time they say jump. And then, and then, you know, looking away as, as, as the hospitals just stick people on ventilators and watch them die. There's no other medication. There's no therapeutics that we know. Not, I don't know if everything works, but I know that some stuff works and I know it's worth a try, but no, stick them on a ventilator, watch them die. That's loving your neighbor. That's taking care of the most vulnerable. I guess my faith and my Bible is really different from this guy. Go ahead, wear your mask, have fun. I, on the other hand, I'm trying to figure out a way out of this. Because by you obeying the government, we're never getting out of it. Ever. Do you know what I read today? There's people worried about sporting events, uh, specifically hockey. Because moving into the, the, the hockey um, season... They're going to, um, they're going to allow fans in the building, but all the fans have to be fully vaccinated. What are you worried about then? What are you worried about? It... <laughs> am I, am I the only one that, that gets confused with this? You know, cause, cause last time I checked. Yeah, and Steph mentioned the nursing homes. They, they did an inve investigation into that nursing home, the, the Heron home, uh, where, all the, where so many people died. And the biggest reason is because of neglect, that they weren't being taken care of properly. Oh, but love your neighbor, wear a mask. Get out of here with that. You want to wear a mask, go for it. But you better be doing something else to help. You better be doing something that actually helps. No, you sit on your butt and you wear your mask and you do nothing. And then you criticize people like me. Okay, go for it. Because I'm the one putting myself on the line. Do you know, you know how many people don't like me? My own family members don't like me. But I don't have to do this. But I know that there's something dis despicable that's going on. So you can you get your vaccine, wear your mask, do whatever you want. But you better be doing something else to help. Because if that's all you're doing, you're contributing to the problem. It's not, you know, it's not my job to protect people in terms of, of healthcare. We have a healthcare system to do that. Thank you. I like you guys. We have a healthcare system to do that, that our a lot of our tax dollars go into. Shouldn't, shouldn't the vaccine be protecting people? You know, the, th this is the whole thing with this, that they're, they're basically saying that because I, I, I'm standing up for my right to choose, that I'm putting people in harm's way. This is the whole basis for this argument, what this pastor would probably say. This is the whole basis for this argument. Here's the problem, though. <laughs> the vaccine... It, any other vaccine, and you could look it up, 70%, 80% coverage, you're good to go. You don't need 100%. No, no vaccine is 100% coverage. Because there's always going to be people who, who, for whatever reason, didn't, weren't able to take it. You know, so, so I, it's like, it's like t tell, me, tell me which side. So, so you're doing all this. You're, you're, you're causing people to lose their jobs. You're segregating society for a vaccine that doesn't work. And then they're telling me, oh, well, you know, it was never supposed to prevent infection. It's, it's, it's to lessen the symptoms. Well, what about all those people that died in that nursing home? What about them? They were all fully vaccinated and a bunch of them are dead. What's the point? You, you, you're doing all this. You're basing all of this on a vaccine that doesn't work. Because if it worked, it wouldn't matter whether or not I'm vaccinated. 
That's that's up to me. This whole thing is, is, is insanity. And then you have pastors like that with, with their dumb articles. Useless. Completely useless. Do you know what the note attached to, to Romans 14, that, that scripture that I read at the start? Stop bickering. Stop bickering over these things. And this is what's happening in the church. Everyone's arguing over this stuff. Stop it. What does the scripture say? Everything towards peace. That the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, you know the kind of articles I write? I write to inform you what's going on and to tell you to stop being divided. I don't write articles using scripture like a weapon to prove my already made point. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to say two things to you that both start with the letter C and these things are going to help you out. Write them down because this is, this is going to change your life because he basically he's saying, you know, we have to be looking out for people taking care of the most vulnerable, but he's making an assumption that the best way to do that is, is, is the vaccine. Th that's what he's saying. But I'm curious, pastor, where in the Bible do you see the indication that there should be forced vaccine mandates, especially for church? Where do you see that? Where do you see making people feel guilty? Because, because you know, they're unsure about it. They, you know, they don't know if they, you know, they're, they're not sure uh, what, it, what the side effects might be because there's no, there's just no long-term safety uh, studies. There can't be. Where are you seeing it? Show me that scripture. Yeah, Steph, thank you. Jesus never turned away lepers. So I don't know where, I don't know where this comes from. Biblically speaking. Where, where are we getting, um, where are we getting our, our, our game plan from? From the word or from the world? Because that article says, I'm getting my game plan from what the government tells me to do. And I bow down and I kiss their feet. And it doesn't matter if it means I have to reject people from my church. Jackson, I worked, I work in a long-term care home in Canada. I submitted to religious exemption. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, actually, there's a Jill. Jill, if you're if you're listening, can you post up that website that you sent me today um, for for Jackson and for everybody really, because it gives a bunch of um, a bunch of stuff that you could do legally. If you could if you could throw that website out there or what it's what it's called. Um, thank you, because that's like that's super helpful um for for people because it basically shows you all the things that you could do you know <clears throat> you know so who 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 is who who where are we getting our our, our you know our, our 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 calls from which sideline are we getting our calls from you know sorry to make a, a football analogy but where are we getting our calls from? From the word or from the world? Because that sounds like a world call. Because my Bible doesn't... <laughs> my Bible talks about laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Praying for the sick. Never turning anybody away. That Jesus, you know, when there was sick people, he went out of his way to touch them. Well, yeah, Steph, exactly. That's what I'm saying. The people in that old folks home, they're all doubly vaxxed. How, how is it possible that there could be an outbreak there and they, and they died? People died. I don't get it. I don't get it. Thank you, Jill. Jill just posted the link for this website. Um, so Jackson and everybody else who, um, <clears throat> who wants to, to find out legally stuff they could do 
when it comes to these uh, these mandates going to be super helpful because there, there are resources. Listen, let me tell you something. You're, you're not alone. You're not alone. If you if you have a, 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 a conviction about this, you're not alone. And again, this pastor has a conviction. His conviction is right, but mine is wrong. That's what he's saying. You're welcome. That's what he's saying. My conviction is correct. My faith is correct. Yours, not correct. And that's why I said, for him, if he feels that's what he needs to do, that's what the Spirit's telling him, okay, go for it. Get your, get your vaccine. Get 25 boosters. Wear a mask in the shower. I don't care. I don't do it if that's what you if that's what you feel. Because all of those scriptures come down to the same thing. Stop fighting over this stuff. Stop arguing. Stop trying to force your beliefs on other people. Stop trying to make them feel bad because, because they think something differently than you. Now, all these scriptures are pointing to the same thing. My problem with this is forced vaccination to the point that, that people lose their jobs. That's my problem in this. Now, I said I was going to give you two things. So, so like I said before, that pastor feels that the best way out of this is a vaccine. That's his assumption. It's not my assumption. At least if the vaccine worked, for goodness sakes, if you had a vaccine that actually stopped people from getting sick and dying, then I could say, well, th that'd be helpful. That, that might make a difference. Man, you, you, you are putting all your eggs in a basket of something that doesn't even work. There is no scripture, Sheba. That's what I'm saying. There's Biblically speaking, there's no indication, nothing, nowhere that would suggest that a vaccine mandate is something that a church or a Christian should do. That it's like, you're looking at, oh, you're forcing people against their will? Yeah, that's what we should do. Come on, come on. I'm going to give you two words. No, not words, two things. They both start with C. Agreed stuff. That's true too. All of this is based in fear. So right off the bat, you know that it's not, it's not scriptural and it's not from God. Two things. Both start with C. Number one, uh, common sense. And number two, courtesy. Because I'm a, somebody like me is always labeled as selfish. I don't care about other people. I, my, I'm, I'm trying, I'm putting my rights above the, uh, um, the well-being of other people. Why don't you start, if that's your, if that's your angle, why don't you go up to Mr. Legault and ask him, why the hospitals are in the state that they're in? Ask him. Ask him why he just spent millions of dollars on the stupid French language laws no one could care less about. And all you've got is, is, is pathetic, pitiful bonuses for nurses to try and beg them to come back. Oh, but I'm not looking out for the well-being of others. Gotcha. Okay. Common sense. I'm going to give you an example of common sense. My grandfather uh, lives in a CHSLD. He's vulnerable. His uh, people that live there are vulnerable. Let's say I was planning to visit him. And I found out that I had come into contact with someone who was uh, uh, COVID positive. Do you know what I would do? I wouldn't visit him until I was sure that I didn't have COVID. Because that's called common sense it's not so common these days but that's common sense not being dumb just using your head okay the second thing courtesy what's an example of that you were invited to to, to get together with your friends you wake up in the morning your nose is running a little your your throat's a little sore you know what you do you stay home until you're better that's called courtesy you know, it's it's like we forgot how to be human beings. It's like we forgot how to function in society. I'm telling you, this has ruined us. This thing, this has ruined people. They just, they don't know how to function anymore. 
And do you want to know something else? Do you want to know what, what this, this health emergency and people, you know, me putting people in harm's way. If I was to take three COVID tests and they all negative in the span of a week, I don't come into contact with anybody. I get three negative tests. I could walk up to a restaurant and say, look, three negative tests. Nope. You're not allowed in. And then you can have a vaccinated person who, who maybe isn't feeling a hundred percent or whatever, but they're allowed in health, health, health. I'm going to read you a little, um, a religious exemption letter thing that I, that I, I put together. With the help of, um, oh, I forgot their name. <laughs> Sorry about that. Because a lot of people claim that religious exemptions are like a loophole. That, that it's not really a sincere conviction. You just, you need some way to get out of it. This is, this is the stuff that, that people say. Here's the thing, though. If an individual, and I'm reading it because um, I, I don't, I didn't remember it off the top of my head. If an individual feels bound to their conscience that they can't take the vaccine, then that is a sincere conviction. There's reasons why. Concerns that the vaccine causes harm. Those are valid because there have been, um, no matter how much, um, no matter how much it says it's safe, um, <laughs> no matter how much they say it's safe, there are there are people who have, have suffered side effects and, and even passed away. So there's a very legitimate claim to say, hey, look, I, I want to wait at least, at least let me wait until until I, I I'm I'm I feel confident, and especially like thinking of giving it to your kids. Oh my gosh, give let me let me make sure. I mean, typically vaccines take like 10 years, you know, seriously. You stand firm, Rosalie. We are, this is standing firm, getting exemptions because it would be, it would be easy. Well, that's what I'm saying, Rosalie, because, um, by the letter of the law, a religious exemption, you don't even have to be part of a religious group. It's a sincerely held conviction that you, you, um, that your conscience won't allow you to do it basically. And it has to be respected by law. Yeah. This vaccine needs a booster like a month later. So, so concerns that the vaccine causes harm, that those are legitimate concerns. I, Molina, I think, well, I think you said your name was Maria. I apologize. I actually agree with you. The, these vaccines have been ready for a while. I don't know how long, but, but they've been ready and, and waiting, but they're still, cause I, you know, I, I'm of the uh, belief that the, the COVID is a, is a lab manipulated virus. So Lord knows what's in it. So I don't, you know, it, it's a legitimate concern. To think, you know, do I feel safe taking this vaccine? That that's a legitimate concern. You shouldn't hold that against the person, right? Uh, and then the second thing is um, having an objection to force and coercion, right? Um, fourth, fifth, tenth, a million, right? An objection to force or coercion. Because there's a, there's a lot of people that, that their conscience can't, uh, um, can't rectify that kind of thing that it's like, okay, um, they, they, they believe that something like this should be, you, you, you are, you, you have informed consent and you're free to make a choice because the moment that, uh, you're forced, there's no consent in it anymore. And that's a serious thing according to the law. And so there are people that, that just feel I, you know, I can't do it. My conscience won't allow me to do it. Let me go on. There's only one reason why a religious exemption can't be valid. 
And that is if God, God mandates in his word that we have to do it. The law of God does not mandate vaccination. Now, I know you're going to say, well, vaccines didn't exist in that time. Two answers to that. Number one, do you, do you think God didn't know this would happen? Do you think there aren't preparations in his word for us to understand how to handle this? Do you think that he's like, oh, darn, I didn't mention anything about vaccines. I don't know. Oh, boy, I didn't see that coming. His, this word is sufficient for us. That's the first thing. So by, by studying the word, by understanding the nature of God, you can know, oh, uh, you know, would, do you think that, that uh, if there was vaccines in, in, in Jesus' day, that they would be mandated? Well, let's put it this way. A doctor, Jesus had a doctor with him. Wasn't one of the 12 disciples, but, but he was one of, the, uh, of his followers. His name was Luke. I don't remember Jesus ever saying, uh... Yeah, that looks pretty. I don't think I can handle that. I got a doctor over here. His name's Luke. Uh, he's going to give you a couple of uh, some therapeutics and stuff. And he's going to fix you right up. Never happened. And before Jesus came, what would happen? God was the great healer. He promised that he would take sickness from us. He promised that sickness would not come on us. He promised that there would be protection for us. He promised that he promised all those things. And Jesus never ever uh, looked to anything else to heal people except the power of God, the power of the spirit that was inside of him. And then after that, the blood that he shed on the cross to enable, uh, um, you, you could read in the scripture that, that Peter's shadow would fall on people and they would be healed. That's the power of God. So if you're going to try and find something in the scripture that says, well, I think... That God probably would have wanted us to force people against their will to take a, 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 vac a man-made vaccine. Yep, I think God would have wanted that. I'm sorry, there's no biblical basis for that. If there is, I'd love to see it. I haven't found it. I haven't found it. Because again, you could... I've heard people make the case, you know, God created... Well, well... I'm going to say God created doctors. <laughs> Anyways, you know, something, you know, doctors can help us, you know, there's stuff. Okay, sure. I, I could see that. Absolutely. We know that if it wasn't for doctors, most people would be dead. Most Christians would be dead. Right? But to force people against their will, against their conscience, that's right, Sheba. God doesn't force himself on anyone. He would never want us to force anything on anyone. To bribe people. To say, okay, if you do this, you'll get this. I put up a little cartoon the other day on my Instagram. And it, and it was like three pictures. A little boy um, uh, talking to his mom and, and saying like, what's the, um, what's the polio vaccine for? And the mom's like, so we don't get polio. And he's like, well, what's the smallpox vaccine for? And, and he, the mom's like, so we don't get smallpox. And he's like, what's the COVID vaccine for? And she's like, so we can go to the cinema. <laughs> I mean, okay. God, God doesn't work by force. He doesn't work by coercion. He doesn't manipulate. That's not God. It's not in his nature. So if we're people that claim to be children of God, we're followers of Christ. We can't just put on people something completely out of his nature. It can't happen. I'll finish this. A person who is conscientiously opposed to being vaccinated is bound by God not to be vaccinated. To do contrary to conscience is sin. An attempt to coerce an individual to go against conscience is also sin. Let me go back to Romans. What I read off the start, off the top. 
It took out my little bookmark. Okay, Romans 14. particularly verse 14, verse 14, Romans 14, 14. As one who is in the Lord Jesus, I am fully convinced that no food is unclean in of itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for him, it is unclean. People, a matter of conscience, you cannot make up somebody's mind for them what they are to do with their body. And if you're going to use the argument, well, you're, you're harming other people, they should be protected. If they're vaccinated, they should be protected. If they're not, then this is all a load of garbage and, and we're, we're doing all this for nothing. And that's it. And I already explained, you go I, for the last hour, I, I care about people. I don't want people to get sick and die. That's why I said, if you don't feel well, stay away from people until you're better. I try, Natalie. I try. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I want, I love people. I love everybody. Even this pastor, because I believe that to him, you know, this is what his convictions are saying. And I, I, I'm not going to tell somebody what their conviction should be. That's up to, that's between them and God. That's between them and God, you know, because just speaking about the flu stuff, you know, the flu vaccine, um, you know, it, 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 there's a reason why they, uh, I don't know stuff. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help them figure it out. You know, there's a reason why that it's not mandated because, you know, some strains it doesn't even work against. They don't even know what strain is going to be next. It, it's like old, they recommend for older people to take it. That's how we should be treating this. If you feel you should take it for your health, take it. Go for it. That's your decision. It's not my decision. I can just tell you what I believe are the facts. And it, you deserve to make an informed decision for yourself. You're making the decision. But you know what's happening now? People are being forced to make a decision against their conscience so that they could work. I don't know, Sheba. I don't know about that, though. I, I mean, anyways, you know, they, they're telling you, take this against your will against your conscience and against your spirit or you can't have a job or you can't see your, your elderly parents or you can't visit somebody in the hospital what kind of, what is this and then you have pastors like this dumb dumb pastors i'm sorry i've had enough telling you don't use your faith to exempt get out of here you think this is okay you think this is right you think that this is what the God of this scripture would tell you to do? I try to be nice. I do. I love people. I told you. I, I, love, I love everybody. I want them to be saved. I want them in heaven with me. But you, I can't. We need to smarten up. It's reached a point now where, where, you know, like I said before, using scripture as a weapon in a bad way. That, that's what that is. Making people feel bad because their conscience says something different than his. It's like I said before, he wants to do that, do it. But don't you dare force other people to do it. And don't you sit by idly and watch evil run rampant in this world and do nothing about it. Let's pray. Because I need to pray. Father, I pray for courage 
amongst your people. I pray for, for blind eyes to be open spiritually and physically, but specifically spiritually, that people would see that the wicked and evil agenda that is, is, has descended upon this world, that, that what was once just in private is now in public for everyone to see. Father, I pray that people who, who claim to be followers of you and followers of your word would see and understand so that together as the body of Christ, we can take down the wicked plans of the devil, that we can push back against the Antichrist spirit, to be the restrainer that you have called the church to be through the power of your spirit, that we would not be divided. I, I pray against division and infighting, that we spend all our time fighting with each other instead of reaching people who are desperate for you, who are hurting, loving your neighbor. <laughs> Let us love the people who don't know you. And put all our effort into that. And I pray you be with these that are watching. I thank you for their lives and for their faith and for their boldness. That we know that, that as we take a stand for what's right, according to your word, that you're going to be with us every step of the way. That you're going to protect us and you're going to look out for us. That we know that the covenant with you is stronger than anything that this world can offer. That any solution that the world might come up with is nothing compared to what you've already done. And so I pray for strength in these last days. In the name of Jesus. Amen.